What is up, guys? Marcus here with the Bay Marcus Podcast, TBM Podcast, streaming on YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes here back again for episode two. And before we get started, I just want to say that this video is sponsored by Suppress LA. They are a fashion brand. They sent me this shirt, and I think it's fly as all hell. For those who are listening, it's a blue long sleeve shirt with some Japanese words that I don't necessarily understand, but it just looks fly as all hell. And if you go to their website, suppressla.com, and use promo code THEBAY, T-H-E-B-A-E, you will get 10% off your order. I'm pretty sure it's 10%. But they sent me a free shirt. So, and a promo code. So, I mean, like, and this shirt's dope. They have a lot of cool kind of, like, aesthetically pleasing, you know, designs for, you know, shirts, long sleeves, and hoodies. And, you know, it doesn't hurt. Check it out. Just look at the picture. I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of dope. Probably won't buy it. Well, you know, it's dope. So, I mean, shout out to them for sponsoring um, episode two of my podcast. That's really dope of them. Um, without further ado, let's get into it. So, first thing is a um, couple of updates. Um, Stanley Pneumonia, he's feeling a lot better now. And he says, um, he's, he's, he took a video at home. He says, I can't wait to... <laughs> this is so bad. It's like, it's like, I'm better now. I'm at home and I can't wait to get into some more trouble. <laughs> he better not get into any trouble. <laughs> Stanley is not allowed to die before I die. That That is a new rule because that man's important. <laughs> He is not allowed to die. Like I, like if God had like a teardrop and that teardrop could like go into Stan Lee and give him immortality, I think that would not be a waste of a teardrop. I mean, there are other people you can argue who would be more beneficial to society than Stan Lee, but I prefer Stan Lee. Um, Christina, Christ, I'm gonna butcher her name. Christina Grimmy. Um, her birthday was on March 12th, and she, this is. Her second birthday after her um her passing, for you don't for those of you who don't know, she was a YouTuber who did covers and she was um a, she was on The Voice. She was co-signed by Adam Levine and she was a really talented um artist, singer, musician, and she got shot at her own concert two years ago, and she's in the heavens now. Oh. Okay. Apparently, I'm too loud. All right. <laughs> I don't know if I should cut this or not. Um, I guess I'll just speak into the microphone a little bit more. So if you see me leaning in, I'm sorry. I'm just leaning into the microphone. Gotta be respectful of other people's uh, study. There's a study room right next door. Um, I need to get my own place. <laughs> Um, also, um, today, Stan Lee died at the, uh, Stan Lee, <laughs> clickbait, um, Stephen Hawking died at the age of 76 today, and it was in, you know, conspiracy internet was already saying how Stephen Hawking is like, I don't know what they were saying, but I just saw, I didn't read too much into it, because I don't like conspiracy theories that much, but I do like them, but, um, they are like, um, <laughs> I lost a train of thought. Um, 
they were like, um, Stephen Hawking was born on Galileo's birthday, and he died on Einstein's birthday. Hashtag goat of all time, something, something. It's really sad he died. He died from ALS. If you don't know what ALS is, I'm trying to read this in the most understanding way possible, because science is not my best subject. But we're going to read this anyway. Um, Amyotrophic laterials. So, I don't know what these words mean. Um, this is really bad. It affects the nerve cells in the brain and spinal cord that makes the muscles of both the upper and lower body work. These nerve cells can lose their ability to initiate control of muscle movement, which leads to paralysis and death. People with this condition tend to lose control of muscle movement and eventually losing their ability to eat, speak, walk, and utterly breathe, and ultimately breathe. So, rest in peace to the goats. Thoughts and prayers to Christina Grimmie's family. Thoughts and prayers to Stephen Hawking's family. And, of course, those people around them who loved and supported him. Thoughts and prayers out to them. Um, and without further ado, let's get into the topics. First topic is Black Panther movie review. And I'm going to include spoilers. If you haven't seen it now, I am sorry. That's not my problem. <laughs> But spoilers, I'll probably, in the description, I'll leave a timestamp to where if you haven't seen it and you don't want any spoilers, I'll leave a timestamp in the description uh, where you can just skip ahead to the next topic. But without further ado, let's get into it. Um, I just want to say first that um, Denzel Washington paid for um, Chadwick Boseman's acting classes at Oxford University. Um, that's really dope. It's like that small thing you invested in years ago will eventually pay off. And that's just really dope, especially for someone like, you know, Denzel to, you know, you know, um, invest in someone else's future. That is really, really dope. And I think that is the coolest thing ever. Um, but into the, let's get into the review. I like the movie. Um, I give it a 9 out of 10. It was a dope movie in the in the way it kind of did things. I don't know. I like the story, but the story seemed a little too convenient at times, in my opinion. Like, um when T'Challa di- quote died, when T'Challa died, and they um they conveniently had the Black Panther necklace suit. They conveniently had the last um, little plant thingy that gives the Black Panther his powers. I think that was, like, slightly too convenient. Like, his ex-girlfriend just happened to be in the um, in the room where all the plants grow that give the Black Panther their powers. And conveniently, right before Killmonger burned all the plants. I think that was a little, little too convenient. I wanted them to find, like, to, like, travel into, like, the depths of Africa and go find another place where those flowers possibly grew or something. I don't know. I just felt a little too convenient Um, in that part. I love the story. I love the setup. Uh, It felt a little too black empowering on... um, 
on the um on like the social media platform like oh you're not black you haven't seen this movie um you you're you're a disgrace uh all black people need to see this movie um um all uh, any black person that comes up to me we're gonna do the the wukong the handshake where we put our our two fists together and a cross over our chest which I sometimes do because that is freaking hilarious I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold the mic up to my um to my face um. <laughs> Uh, you know, I just it, they, uh, it felt like social media because I I waited a while to see it. I felt like social media hyped it up to like this most empowering black movie, like it was um like um what's another good black movie that came out recently, like uh, the Obama movie where it's like Obama's first date into a movie. Now that's a good idea, and it felt like like oh you you need to watch this movie. This movie's <laughs> the only thing. I could say that was important to the black um community in watching this movie was the um the fact that it was a primarily black cast. I think there was like one white I mean, there's like two white actors in the whole movie. And one of them died halfway through. And one we don't even meet until halfway through. Um and it also, you know, talked about how like the the kings and the 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 kingdom of Wakanda has all this money, has all this technology, but they don't help the millions, the billions of other black people out there who are struggling and surviving. And the weird part is, is that there is no Wakanda. There, uh, there is no other black. There's no highly advanced, very wealthy black empire that can help us struggling out here in the states and in the other countries. I mean, I guess that could be a sh- that could be linked to you know the wealthy celebrities of the world. That could be um, um, something they can like point towards and point and hint at, you know. But then again, they only have so much money and they can only do so much. So it's like, oh no, I felt that was a kind of kind of forced a little and pushed a little bit. I mean, it was a great movie overall. I had a very strong and important message about how we need to help each other and. Um, and we really need to look out for our own people. But besides that, I don't know. I didn't really do much. That aspect of it. Um, I'm not going to give like a full depth, minute by minute review. I'm just going to go over things that really stuck out to me. I felt like it should have been longer. I think I was in there for two hours. I'm just like, ah, it should have been a little longer. But uh, what was the other complaint? Oh, the, the, the final battle where it's the... Um, where it's the um, the tribe with the capes, the cloaks, versus the um, the warrior woman army. I feel like that battle was not really epic. It was kind of, uh. um, and then you know the um, the other tribe, the the primitive tribe. I don't know the I don't know the tragedy. The tribe that does not believe in technology. I like how they came in, um, but besides that, that, that final fight was not you know that good. Um, in terms of that big epic battle, but the the fight between Black Panther and Killmonger, I did like. It felt a little DBZ to me, with the um, the kinetic energy that would build up in their suits and then they would expel it out. Um, it literally looked like DBZ at one point, just the way they were fighting each other. And those of you who don't know, DBZ is Dragon Ball Z, and. Uh, <clears throat> But overall, it was a good movie. I do like it. I do enjoy it. I did enjoy it. Um, I did like it. If you stayed after the end credits, there was a mid-end credit scene, and then there was a po- and there was a, a after-end credit scene, in the sense where um, 
in the middle, they talk about how uh, Wakanda has so much to offer. And then they're like, what do you have to offer? Then he kind of like gives that kind of that smug look. And then in the end, they mention um, Busey and appearance from Bucky, the Winter Soldier, you know. And so I thought um, in Captain America's Civil War, they froze him. But I guess they're trying to, you know, help heal his mind through whatever it is they do to help heal his mind. I mean, they, they obviously know what they're doing. They healed um, the bullet that went through that one agent's spinal cord. That was, and he was dumbfounded by that. He's like, it would take months to do it. He's like, yeah, with your technology, not with ours. And I thought that was really cool. And it's a good movie. Nine out of ten. Would recommend. Would see. I will be torrenting it later. <laughs> when it comes out on DVD, that will be in my library. Probably my top five movies. I don't have a full list of my top five movies, but it was in my, it's in my top five movies. Um, next topic. Cash Me Outside Girl is going on tour. And she has six songs. So, Cash Me Outside Girl, Daniela Brigodi, Brigoli, um, Bad Baby, is going on tour. And that's really weird to think about. It was really weird at first when Atlantic Records gave her, I think, a $2 million contract. Like, what? They gave her a $2 million contract. She currently has six songs, seven songs if you count the remix of her song, High Bitch, with, I don't even know. There's like three artists on there who I don't even care about. If I sound stuffy, I think I'm... They have a stuffy nose. But, um, but yeah, she's going on tour with six songs. That's crazy. That just shows how, how times are changing, how the music industry and social media are changing things. Because back in the day, you could not go on tour with no six songs that aren't even in. You know, that aren't even the top 100s. Now, if you were the Beatles, you could definitely, if you put out six songs today as the Beatles, you know, if they were also alive. Oh, yeah, you could definitely go on tour with six songs as the Beatles. If you were Drake, you could go on tour with six songs. There are certain artists who have that caliber, who have that status, who have that notoriety, that could definitely go on tour with six songs. But then there's people like the Cashmere Outside Girl who has literally built her empire, who has literally built her fame off of social media and being a meme, and who has capitalized on that, and who is now going on tour with six songs, and they're not even that good of a song. And some of the songs are like two minutes long. They're like little pump Gucci game long. Like, I think my favorite song by her, which is High Bitch, and that's my only song I ever heard by her. I think that song like a minute forty five seconds long, which is crazy because the other songs are probably short. She's not a real rapper. She can rap on beat. I'll give her that, but she probably has a ghostwriter for her, and she's going on tour with six songs. That is ridiculous. A two million dollar contract. I mean record deal with Atlantic Records, and that, that's not that's no for those who don't know that's not a small time record label. That's one of the big boys. Giving her two million, she already got paid. I think forty thousand dollars to show up at Coachella last year or the year before that. That's how popping she is, or or at the current time she was. Was so that 
the people of Coachella paid her about forty grand to show up, not to perform, not to speak, not to act, not to sing, not to hand out free snacks to the hungry little children or the drug addicts. They gave her forty grand to show up, and all she probably had to do was just Snapchat say, "Hey, bad bobbies at bad bobby, bad babies at Coachella, come through." find me or something. I don't know. That's just crazy. It really just shows how times have changed and that building a social media platform and becoming a meme has really like changed or the way people have done things, changed the standards, changed the dynamics of, you know, the industry, which is crazy. Um next topic. Lil Xan in the interview said Tupac is boring. And Waka Flocka said Lil Xan is banned from hip hop. Now this I find this to be hilarious. <laughs> and the worst part is, I don't necessarily agree with Little Zan, but I understand where Little Zan is coming from. Because um, Little Zan is my age, and I'm 20 years old. And I have a little list here. Um, Tupac died in 1996. I was born in 1998. And I looked it up. The top albums in 1998 where people um, these are the artists who did who had the top most popping albums in 1998 Jay-Z Outkast Pete Rock, DMX Scarface, Exhibit Fat Joe E-40 Wu-Tang Clan, Ice Cube which means by the time we were born Tupac wasn't even a thing when we were born. Like, he was, of course, this was two years after his death. But when, by the time we were born, there was already music out that, like, kind of not as it re- replaced him, but, you know, filled that void. And by the time I was 10, okay, by the time I was 10, the top artists were Lil Wayne, Kanye, T.I., Rick Ross, Ludacris, Snoop Dogg, Nas, Common, Plies, LL Cool J, Nas, G-Unit, and Flowrider. By the time I was 10 years old, halfway through my current life, he was a not, Tupac was not a factor. And I'm not saying this to bash Mr. Shakur in any way or pop in any way. Well, you have to kind of give us some space here, give us, you know, a little bit of, oh, okay, because when we were born, he was already two years, you know, six feet buried under, and by the time we were 10, to where we can kind of understand and comprehend music and remember a lot of things, because you don't remember a lot of things when you're like five years old, you don't remember the top song when you were five, I mean, I mean, I personally don't, but by the time we were 10 years old, we're already listening to Lil Wayne, T.I., and Kanye, you know, and Snoop Dogg. So we did not grow up in the Tupac era. We did not grow up with Biggie Small. We didn't, a lot of, you know, older generation, you know, they grew up with Tupac and Biggie and all that stuff. We did not. So when we say Tupac is born, that's because Tupac is from an era that we were not even a part of. And it's kind of, what kind of like relates to this, at least in my mind, is if you give, 
an elderly person, I would say 50 years plus, a brand new iPhone 10, they won't be able to work it to its full capacity. What if you give a six-year-old an iPhone 10, they're already downloading games off the App Store, and now they're playing Candy Crush, run up your credit card. And that's the difference. The little kids of today grew up in the technology era. They grew up surrounded by iPads, Macs, iPhones, all this great stuff, VR. The elderly people, or the people, you know, a couple generations before us, they didn't grow up. <laughs> With, with MacBooks, with touchscreen phones, with touch, there are there are laser keyboards, a keyboard that 3D projects a keyboard onto a flat surface, and you type on this flat surface, and it types on on whatever computer is connected to. That's the era we. That's the era like where we live in. I literally bought a cord to my friend's phone, and I can plug a mouse into it, and now. If he puts his phone on a stand and plugs in that cord, he can use the mouse just like a computer. And if he plugs in the keyboard, he can do the same thing. That's how crazy it is where basically the phones in our, in our back pockets are mini computers. And that's just kind of like my correlation to the fact that what we grew up with is how we're shaped today. So the little kids born in this kind of era, the ones that grew up with little Yali, little Uzi, little all that... They're going to be like, okay, these are our goats. The young thugs, the chief keats, the soldier boys, those are our goats. Those are the people we look up and respect. These are the people who we consider legends. Not, not the Jay-Z, the Kanye, the two, well, maybe Kanye, because Kanye's Kanye. Not, but not, you know, the Tupac, the Big E, the Nas, the Commons. No. So you have to realize that there, there are error gaps in between and that the younger generation Mainly me, you know, Lil Zay, should not be criticized for our opinions. And that's where I think he's coming from. Now, I'm pretty sure if we grew up in the era where Tupac was the most relevant thing of all time, we would love Tupac. But the thing is, the most relevant thing right now is Cash Me Outside Girl going on tour with six songs. <laughs> and that's my two cents on that. Um, Next topic. Big Sean cheated on Janae Aiko. Whether this room, um, it turned out to be a rumor, and Janae Aiko shut it down really quickly. I just want to point out the fact that Janae Aiko has a tattoo of Big Sean's face on the back of her arm. If he cheats, leaves her, or they divorce, or whatever, if they break up, separate, in any way, I feel sorry for her. For getting that dumbass tattoo on the back of her arm. <laughs> because, I mean, that was already a dumb move on her part, in my opinion. I mean, there's people who get tattoos of their lovers and they stay together forever. Good for you. Shout out to you, boo-boo. Keep doing you. I personally have a tattoo of my mom's name tatted on the, um, the left side of my chest. But that's about it. And that's my mom. And I love my mom with all my heart. And, you know, that's, you know, when it's your mom, that's kind of okay. When it's your family member, that's kind of okay. Well, when it's your boyfriend, ooh, like, they not even married, you know? Like, that's pretty crazy, fam. Like, don't, don't be getting tattoos of people like that so quickly and so early. At least wait till you're married 10 years into the marriage and you got two little kids and you decide it's best to stay together for the kids and it's just to break up. You just, I don't know, fam. Don't more of the stories. Don't get nobody's ta face tattooed on. Drake has a tattoo of Lil Wayne on his arm. 
and a couple of other people. I think it's like Madonna, Madonna too. He's a couple people tattooed on him. Look up Drake's tattoos. You'll be surprised what that man has tattooed on him. It's crazy. Um, another recent news a couple of days ago, Twitter cracked down and suspended a lot of Twitter users, like Common White Girl Post, um, Finna, Dory, and basically these accounts had like billion plus followers. I got suspended. I got temporary suspended as um, as a Twitter user, but some of these accounts got permanently suspended, and. The reason why is, you know, some accounts were stealing tweets, some accounts were manufacturing virality, which kind of means, you know, retweet for retweet, which is, I don't know, it's a little iffy on the subject. As a person who was somewhat a part of this culture, you know, I did kind of build my platform off Twitter, and I, you know, I will admit I did steal tweets here and there, and I did, you know, ask other people, you know, hey, retweet my tweet real quick. All right, all right, yeah, cool, you know. But um, I feel like this is a really, like, wow type of move. This, this is crazy. How these big accounts who probably, you know, got a financial income off Twitter are now suspended. Some permanently. I was fortunate enough to get a seven-day suspension in which I'm living out very sadly because I don't know what to do with my life because I can't even tweet. I love tweeting, but um, this is just crazy because I know people who made income off Twitter. I'm talking, I know people who was making, you know, like five to $7,000 a month off Twitter to the point where he was, you know, this one guy knew, he's like, yeah, Twitter paid for my light and phone bill. That's how serious this was for some of us, and, you know. You regulars, not to throw any shade, but you guys will never know how in depth Twitter was in terms of financial gains and financial and um and the come ups and how people's lives and livelihood de- depended on Twitter in the sense that that's how people made their income. Whether it was you know promoting certain things, promoting you know brand clothes, making up your own your own stuff, your own. YouTube, your your SoundCloud, your all that, to um, getting your followers up from, you know, just trying to be a trending topic, people invested a lot of money into Twitter, and I'm talking like, I know people who was paying other people, you know, a thousand dollars a month for Twitter, and there is actually an app on my phone um, where you had to apply to, to be able to use this app, you had to go to the people and get to send in an application to be able to use this application. That's, that's how crazy it was. And it's where people would sell their accounts for, you know, $20,000, for $50,000. That's people are selling their Twitter accounts with, you know, 500K followers on it for, you know, for, you know, 15 racks. They're selling shout outs for $800. That's how, that's how deep this went. To where there was a secret app that you don't even know about. And I'm not going to tell you the name of this app. To where you had to apply to the people to get into the app. Because if you try to sign up without the um, without the application, there's a special one-time use code. And you have to use the code when you sign up. And then you're allowed in the app. And you can get easily banned or blocked from the app. And that's just crazy to me. How like people who have made a literal 
living like they lived off Twitter. Their their bread, their primary source of income came off Twitter. How a lot of people are suspended. I'm not talking about like um five, ten accounts suspended. I'm talking thousands of accounts were suspended. And that's just crazy to me. The group chats I in are or the group chats I were in and are still in, the ones that are left are dead and they are sad. People are crying, people are tearing up, people are, are thinking, well maybe, well maybe Twitter's just joking, maybe, maybe we put in a suspension appeal, we'll get our accounts back, well maybe if we do this, maybe if we do that, and it's so bad to the point where, okay, you're like, okay, we'll just create a new account, okay, well it's not as easy as you think, I have 100,000 followers, I had a Twitter account since t- December 2009, Getting all the followers was not easy in the beginning. I mean, if you know what you're doing, yeah, it can be a little easy. But besides that, it's, it's a very it's a long process to get to where some of these people were at. And there were people, and I think it was really weird because if you try to make a new account on your phone, the account that got, like, the same phone where your account got suspended, Twitter automatically suspended your account within hours because of the same um, VPN and IP address of your phone to the point where some guy in a group chat was crying so hard, he um, he had to download an app to change his VPN of his phone to create a new Twitter account. <laughs> and he lived in, like, Russia, and he changed his account to, like, Holland or something, which allowed him to create a new account, but got suspended, like, a day later. I don't know how, but that's just crazy to me how the... Um, how one little thing can change so many people's lives. And the worst part after that was that Twitter reportedly is now making it easier for other people, other brands, influencers, all that, to get verified, which I thought was just hilarious. It's like, okay, suspect all the accounts of people who could potentially be verified. Let's just suspend them all. And then once they're all gone, we'll make the real people eligible to be verified. Great idea. That's kind of messed up, especially because I got verified because I went viral so many times, and people every day kept asking me how to get verified, and I couldn't, I I can't give them no. Someone offered to pay me five hundred dollars to get their account verified. I would have taken that money in a heartbeat, <laughs> but the thing is, I can't get them verified. I'm not, you know, Twitter. You know, they don't. It, it's really weird how people think. But that's just crazy to me, and you know, shout out to all the, all the, all the people that got suspended, all the people who are losing money because of this. Um, I hope you find something new to to get your own thing. Um, briefly over this next topic, Instagram may be bringing back chronological feeds. This is a rumor that has not been confirmed. So if you hear this um, being talked about, it's just a rumor that has not been confirmed. And the reason why, you're like, well, why is Instagram out of order? Instagram puts the posts they think you want to see first in order. If you follow, you know, 97 Instagram models, and you then you follow, like, 20 of your friends, they're going to put the Instagram models posts before your friends because they feel like your interest on Instagram is the models and not your friends. That's your primary focus on Instagram, so that's how kind of, like, how the thing works. This whole algorithm that goes into it. Um... Next thing, Martin Screlly um, had to release $7.5 million in assets, including the Wu-Tang's album Once Upon, Once Upon a Time in Shaolin and Lil Wayne's The Carter Five. 
Now, for those of you who don't know, Martin Shkreli is the most hated man in hip-hop. Um, I think before, I think after that might be Suge Knight, but it was mostly Martin Shkreli because he's already hated because he had a, um, a treatment for AIDS, which would have caused, the, which at your local pharmacy would have cost you, I think, 16 or $36, something around the area, for, you know, an AIDS treatment. And he bought the rights to it and jacked up the price to $700. And his reasoning was the money spent is going toward research to find a cure, which is, it's not, he just wants more money. And that's one reason why he's hated to other people outside of hip-hop. But the reason why he's hated hip-hop is because Wu-Tang Clan um, made an album that was supposed to be released in like the year 2025 or something like that. It's supposed to be released a long time from now. And there's only like one copy of this album. Martin Shkreli bought that copy and, and, and originally did not intend to share it with anyone. So he bought the only copy of a Wu-Tang album that has never been released. And only a few people have heard of. I mean, people I've heard like listened to. And he bought it and, and did not originally plan to... Let it be released to the public, even though it's supposed to be released to the public years later into the future. But he has to release that asset. He also bought the Little Wings Carter Five, and you know, bought it and did not. Sh- and bought the rights to it and did not share it with anyone. I think he had a listening party for it. Was close friends, but besides that, he just kept it to himself. And you think just like how rich do you have to be to uh, buy all these albums, but. Uh, one funny thing, not really funny, he almost bought Kanye's The Life of Pablo album. He, I think it was on Twitter, that he told, like, Kanye's executive producers or whoever, whoever, whoever runs Kanye's stuff, he told them that um, he would buy the album for, I think, like, 9 to $10 million, which delayed the um, release date of Life of Pablo by, I think, two to three days. Because that's a big offer. He wanted to buy Kanye's The Life of Pablo album and have it remain a exclu- basically exclusive to just him. To where only he has the rights to it, only he has the copy, and he and it won't be on Apple Music, SoundCloud, Spotify, or Tidal. And that's just crazy. And the point and it's just crazy that people can actually do that to the point where the executive producers have to stop what they're doing and talk about this and evaluate like, oh, this could be an easier solution. Because, you know, when an album comes out, it's not guaranteed to do numbers. I mean, it's Kanye. It's going to do some numbers, but it was, you know, it's not going to guarantee to do $8 million in numbers, you know. And by them, you know, just giving it to him, that's guaranteed money. They're, they're already getting their, their investment back. So, you know, that, that actually delayed the release date of the life of Pablo, which was crazy. But besides that, I don't even know what he's going to prison for. But he's going to prison for seven years, and we're so happy because he was so cocky about like, oh, I'm just gonna go to jail for me for no more than like a week, a max three months, and just, and I, I'm gonna get out. But he and he was talking all this shit. Now he's being sent to prison for seven years. He might get off after like three to four with good behavior, but seven years jail, and he was crying in the court office, and we were so happy. We got our albums back, and and that that a hole is in jail. 
Thank you, Lord. I don't even know what he's in jail for, and I really don't care. But he's in jail, and I'm happy. So that's um one thing. Um, Cardi B announced that her album is going to be released in August. All right. Cardi B with the project. I think she already has so many um hits. Uh, the what I think it's finesse with Bruno Mars, um, Bartiria Cardi, um, what's that song with G Easy? I want to say it's No Limit, but it's not No Limit. You know, Boda Yo shit. So many hit singles. Her her project is now anticipated. Like it, like we want to see. Can is is Cardi B just a singles hit wonder? Or is she an actual artist that can produce a quality album? Now, granted, she has two mixtapes before the Bodak Yellow. But this is her ultimate time. She now has all the, the success, the money, the resources, the backing of a strong le- record label, which I believe is Atlantic. I could be wrong. But she has all this. She's dating Offset for, for crying out loud. She has all this success and... Now, let's see if she can put all of what she's accumulated over these, I think, is this is it a year? She's been pipe hot like this? A year? Not even a full year. Let's see if she can take all this and put it into a good project. I believe that Cardi B could do it. I believe that, uh, you know, now that she has, you know, the clout, now that she has everything, that um, she could do this album. And it will do numbers. I believe that she can be, you know, an artist cemented to history. She could be, you know, the next Nicki Minaj in a way. And I just hope that she finds success in this album. And if she does, if this album does terrible, it was going to put a big dent in her career. It's going it, it, to gonna kind of ruin her. In a way that she's that that she was all this hype, all this hype, all this hype, and her album just like it flopped. You know, like I just hope that she um, she puts out a good project. I'm really excited for this. Um, real quick, Chance the Rapper and Donald Glover, aka Childish Gambino, might be putting out a collaborative album. The Chance kind of hinted that the rumors may be real. And I'm excited for this. I can't wait to hear the sounds of two people who I think would be a good collaboration together. You know, the, a lot of people say the Drake and Future, what a time to be a live collaborative album, was kind of rushed. And it didn't feel like a good final proje- prom project. And, but, you know, when it, it's two people like Chance the Rapper and Childish Gambino, I feel like they have that good, they have that good chemistry, like a, um, like a Jay and Ye type of chemistry. And speaking of Ye, Ye is back in the mountains of Wyoming with Nas, Kid Cudi, and Travis Scott working on his next album. And I can't wait for this album. This man is literally in the mountains of Wyoming making this album. That's how you know it's getting real AF. I'm excited to hear new music from Kanye. And I'm really, I just can't wait to hear what kind of you know, what kind of sounds is he going to bring this time? Is he going to change hip-hop again? Is he, What is he going to do differently? Because every Kanye album is different, and everything is 
so unique when it comes to him, and I really am excited to see what can Ye bring to the table this time around. I'm really excited. I'm really um waiting to to see if he talks about Jay at all, the way Jay talked about him on 444, and to see you know how things are in the in the Yay Jay relationship. Uh, last topic is Logic is back. Logic released Bobby Tarantino 2, his mixtape, and which is really funny because after Logic's last album that came out last year, everybody, he said that he was, you know, kind of done making music, that he wanted to get into acting, that he wanted to do other things, but here he is a year later putting out another project in which I'm excited for and I'm here for. And... Um... I love the train clock. Oh, yeah. He also dissed Jordan Lucas a little bit. Not really dissed, but in the Jordan Lucas song, um, Mask Off, the cover, he said, um, don't you compare me to Logic. Go listen to Sriracha. Yeah, that's a Amanda to a Rhonda. That's a Benz to a Honda. And basically, uh, Jordan Lucas had beef with Logic because he felt like the Logic verse on the Tech Nine song he did was lame. That's the it's called Sriracha, um, and he also thinks that um, he also states that uh, Logic stole his um his kind of his kind of ideas in terms of the suicide song that Jordan Lucas has, and that Jordan Lucas album is a phone number, and Logic named his his suicide song with the suicide phone number hotline. And he just he feel like Logic stubbed him and did him dirty. And he's been dissing Logic for like a year, kind of. And Logic has not responded at all. And then um, Logic came at Jordan Lucas. And, well, not really. He didn't say his name, but it's kind of hinted and implied. Logic said, talking shit about Logic, I'll never respond. I'll let success talk because that's the word of advice. More and cheap. Uh, more achievements for yourself and less talk. Cats beef with logic. Yeah, they pray and I respond. If I ever did, I'm leave you dead in this game. No, res- no respawn. Peace, love, and positivity. That's all I want with you. But you pushing the issue because I give you more press than your publicist could ever get you. Hell nah. Fuck rap. Fuck beef. Anyone that hates me, I wish you success. He's not going to mention Jordan Lucas because, you know, logic is bigger than Jordan Lucas. Jordan Lucas is my favorite rapper of all time, but let's face facts. Not my favorite rapper of all time. He's my he's my top favorite rapper, but um, Logic is you know more popular. Logic has a cult a cult fan base. Logic is you know you know Grammy performing artist, and by him you know, um, you know mentioning Jordan Lucas, going on Jordan Lucas, that's giving Jordan Lucas more heat, more more eyes, more views, more all this. That's giving Jordan Lucas a better come up. And, you know, and Jordan Lucas, when he just logic, he gets more. Jordan Lucas benefits ditching, dissing logic than logic gets from Jordan Lucas dissing logic or, or, you know, or logic dissing Jordan Lucas because Jordan Lucas is kind of like the underdog in this situation that like he's not as popping. Like he doesn't have, you know, as much clout. You know, he doesn't have much fame or popularity or notoriety in a sense, you know, and like in compared to logic. Even though his, you know, even though a couple of songs did blow up, but you know, Jordan Lucas is not on Logic's level in terms, you know, fame, popularity, and numbers. But you know, by Logic responding to him, that's giving Jordan Lucas more fame than Logic's getting, and it's just 
looks bad on Logic's part. So the fact that we got this little disc is pretty dope. I mean, not pretty dope, but you know, it's pretty like this is the the best thing Logic could have done in this situation. Like, I need you to top. I need you to stop talking shit about me. But I also don't want to give you any more, you know, views than that I'm already giving you. And this is the best little kind of snub, a little jab to the side. That um, that this is the best thing that Logic could have done to respond to the situation. And without further ado, this is the um, this is the end of the today's podcast. I want to end this with the um, the song of the week. Which is West Ting by Dutch Boy. I'm gonna leave the name in the description because it's spelled slightly funny. It's called West Ting and then West Ting. Freeze, I walk up and I grip my mic, eat, your girl at my each. 
Shit, if the kitty good, I might freeze ya Baby, don't dislike me Even if you ain't got no one, babe I ain't got no one either Girl, it ain't shit, I might keep you Then I might leave ya That song was called West Ting by Dutch Boy. I'll leave the name in the description. And thank you so much for joining me this week. I'm sorry that I got shut down by the fuzz because I was being too loud. <laughs> and that I might sound a little sick. But uh, thank you for listening. Also, this podcast was was sponsored by SuppressedLA.com. Use promo code THEBAE, T-H-E-B-A-E, one word, to get 10% off any porch, uh, porches. That's like Bugs Money. Porches. Um, Off any purchase. And have a good day. Keep smiling, everyone.